Yeah, it's your boys, Misty and Ike. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, check, 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 check it out. Is that you trying to be a, a Beastie Boy? I'm the DJ of this podcast. Wiki, wiki, I'm wiki, wiki, wiki in over here. Wiki, <laughs> you kind of are, actually. Yeah. 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 I'm DJ Ike. DJ Ike and Misty Mist. MC Misty. MC Misty. Yep. Today's all about the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. Because. Life. Because Licensed Ill came out on this day in 1986. Boom. And now we're going to play our slamming intro. Are we ready to begin? Good morning. My name is Misty. Come on, Ike. It's time. We would be honored if you would join us. The greatest adventure of all time. Yeah. We just become best friends. Yep. Come on. Let's get in the character. Did you know that the original name of the Beastie Boys was not the Beastie Boys? I assume that, I mean, most most groups go through a few names before they come up with, you know, what they end up on. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what it was. Here's something funny. I read the title of, uh, I'm on mentalfloss.com if you mm -hmm. want to Google Beastie Boys facts and follow along. Uh, I read the title as Beastie Boys name was originally acronym. It was originally it, an, an acronym. acronym. Yes. Yes. I did know it was an acronym. I just don't know what it was. Um, the name <clears throat> stood for Boys Entering Anarchistic States Towards Inner Excellence, which made no sense with the second like, boys tacked on the second. end. They subsequently admitted that the acronym was invented after coming up with the name. Mm. It was immediately uh, inaccurate okay. since the founding members included Adam Yacht, Michael Diamond, John Barry, and their female drummer, Kate Schellenbach. I did not know that they had a female drummer before. They did, yeah. Cool. So, Licensed Ill was the first rap album to top the Billboard charts. Huh. Yeah. Released by Def Jam and Columbia Records. Um, no one had done that before. So, yeah, it sold 9 million copies and spent 73, three weeks on the Billboard 200. 73 weeks. That was a long time. You know how they got their first real money as musicians? Uh, probably an Adidas sponsorship. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, be my best guess. Beastie Revolution, the B-side of Kooky Puss, earned Beastie Boys their first real income <laughs> as a group. Can that be my new nickname, Cookie Puss? Is that my Bond name? Kooky Puss Isn't or Cookie? It's Kooky. Oh, Co I, either way, that's my Bond name, Kooky Puss. <laughs> Great. That is Misty, a.k.a. Cookie Puss, a.k.a. MC Misty. Uh, the oh. British Airways sampled the song in a television ad without the band's permission, and a lawyer successfully sued the airline for $40,000. All right. Which was enough for the band to rent an apartment together in Manhattan's Chinatown, which they used as both living and recording space. Wow. Okay. Well, <clears throat> did you know that when they first started recording music, it wasn't hip hop? It was like uh, it was rock and roll and punk rock, right? It was punk. Yeah. Their earliest performances were punk shows. There were four members, like you said earlier, uh, Mike D, MCA, and then Ad Rock and Kate Schellenbach. Um, so Ad Rock played guitar in another band, but when 
John Barry and Kate Schellenbach dropped out, that left the door open for Ad Rock to start a hip hop group. Um, kind of what they started doing was they were playing punk rock and adding hip hop in small doses mm-hmm. into their punk rock songs, which makes a whole lot of sense. You can tell on their first couple of records, there'd just be some straight up punk songs. Oh, completely. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a good chance you've never heard Hard Rock, Beastie Boys' first single as a full-fledged rap group. Nope, sure haven't. Um, and that's the cops coming for us <laughs> right now, if you can hear it. After hiring NYU student and future Def Jam Records co-founder Rick Rubin as their DJ, this this is on fire up <laughs> I'm like, what's happening out there? We have a fire station like two blocks away. Mm, we do, yeah. Uh, based purely on his dorm room speaker setup, which included a bubble machine, Beastie Boys began recording rap music in earnest, inspired by early genre luminaries like the Funky Four plus one. That was just the Funky Four. In addition to dropping Schellenbach as their drummer, an insensitive decision the band later regretted, the guys yielded to Ruben's expertise as a producer with just one other single. It's yours under his belt. It's uh, T La Rocks. It's yours. Hmm. Is the first song he produced before the Beast Boys. Interesting. Uh, for Hard Rock, Ruben sampled ACDC's Back in Black, which subsequently withdrawn because they hadn't sought permission. Decades later, the Beastie Boys appealed directly to Angus Young for the rights to sample the song to add to their 1999 compilation, The Sounds of Silence, but Young again refused. Fucking Angus. Man, that guy. <clears throat> that guy. They got in trouble a bunch of times for their music sample. They sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Pay no attention to our intro song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, obviously, License to Ill was the first big-time success for them. It featured the track Everyone Knows. You get to fight for your right to party. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the band's career, there were some things that they later on regretted greatly. Um the original title to that album, they wanted to be something very different, which was a homophobic slur. Uh, they also have admitted in later years about being racially insensitive and derogatory towards women. And, you know, they, they have talked at, at length about how when you're younger, you make associations and say things that you're just not thinking about. And yep. that as they've grown up, they've realized that. And so... Um, you know, there is a thought that if they were ever to get together and play any kind of music again, which is very doubtful, um, since they lost one of their members, um, that they would possibly do it slightly differently with some of those songs. Hmm. Yeah. They've worked really hard to overturn those perceptions. Um, so there is obviously they, they did lose a member to cancer. Um, and there's a park in New York that is a memorial park for him. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, um, vandals spray painted swastikas on all the playground equipment and uh, the boys with their own money paid to get all of that taken off and repainted and mm-hmm. redo the park. And they also, um, in their older years, do a lot of anti-hate demonstrations and for that specific thing, they planned an anti-hate demonstration in the park in response to that graffiti, which I think is pretty fantastic. Um, they kind of have moved as they've gotten older into, uh, you know, a more tolerant 
but they still want to fight for their right to party. Yeah. <laughs> and they fought for it twice. They did a uh, okay. This book right here. Oh, they yes. Is the 25th anniversary yep. fight for your right revisited, which is a 29.55 second a minute long film that I got to work on. Yep. Um, and there was no spots left. The career that I normally do as first AD, that position was taken by a very very big time guy, um, Jonathan Watts, and there was a PA position available. And I talked to the production manager and I said. I'll do anything. And he said, I'll, yep. you can PA on this. So uh, it was a three-day shoot. I got to work two of the three days. Every crew member got this book, which has so cool. the set photography from it. I'm not going to flip through all the pages, but it also in the back, this is a legendary photographer. It's incredible. Um, I spent about an hour one day going through those photos, and they are just absolutely incredible. In the back is uh, the album and the DVD of the film. Yeah. And every crew member got to just stop by their management office and pick it up. Yep. And it's pretty amazing. It's, um, I think it's no, it's starting to get old now, but that was 2011. And, um, it's known as having the most cameos of any music video. Of Absolutely. All time. There were there 56 are. celebrity cameos. Yeah. It's, uh, I really, really enjoy when you get to see musicians grow like that. Yeah. Like we started to know the Beastie Boys when we were very young mm -hmm. and like, they're not all that much older than us. And so it's cool to see who they turned into as adults, you yeah. know? And like going through that book and reading some of the stories that are in it that mm -hmm. they talk about is so amazing because you're like, wait, those guys that are saying you got to fight for your right to party when I was in, you know, sixth grade or eighth grade or whatever have turned into like really stellar adults. Yeah. You know, just really, really incredible people. Can I just read you some of the people that are in yes, the cast? Yes, I would love, to, yeah. In order of uh, appearance. Susan Sarandon, Stanley Tucci, Rashida Jones, Will Arnett, Adam Scott, Mike Mills, Rain Wilson, Arabella Field, Ted Danson, Roman Coppola, Shin Sosomon, Steve Buscemi, Amy Poehler, Mary Steinberg, Steinbergen, sorry, Alicia Silverstone, Laura Dern, Alfredo Ortiz, Milo, I'm not going to get that last name right, Jody Hill, Arthur Africano, Sylvia Suvadon, Suvadova, I'll just hit the big ones, Jason Schwartzman, Chloe Sevigny, yeah, you got it right, Kristen Dunst, Maya Rudolph, David Cross, Orlando Bloom, uh, the Beastie Boys, Martin Starr, uh, and it keeps on going And somewhere. it just keeps going and just, going and going. It's incredible. Was, yeah, wasn't Jack Black in it? I oh, think Chad Smith. There's three teams of three different Beastie Boys. Right. And um, it's the original Beastie Boys. And then it's, uh, sorry, it's Adam Horowitz with Elijah Wood and Will Ferrell. And then it's Adam Yock with Danny McBride and Jack Black. And then it's Michael Diamond with Seth Rogen and John C. Riley. So amazing. Just the names alone <laughs> on that phenomenal. are insane. So when people phenomenal. ask me, like, who have you worked with in Hollywood? I'm like, everyone. Yeah, literally on everyone. that set alone. Yeah, just one set. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I forgot that Will Arnett was in it because we're big Smartless fans. We are huge Smartless. So fans. next time I see Will, I'll be like, "Dude, we work together, bro. How's it going?" Uh, I can't believe it. I texted you the other day because I saw a Smartless billboard and like freaked out. Yeah, I was like, it, "They don't need to advertise on a no, billboard." It's the biggest podcast in the world. We need to advertise on a billboard. Yeah, they just had Sean Penn on. Yeah, I know. It was a good episode. Incredible. 
Uh, and by just, I mean like you can now tell when we recorded this episode because oh, yeah. this is mm. November for months you and folks. months and months ago. Um, but that was sorry. <laughs> thank you for indulging me in my no, little. No, like, you know what? what? I That's did. part of why I wanted to do this episode because your experience on that and that book and like that project are one of the coolest things that I love to hear you talk about. I think yeah. it's just such an amazing project. It, it's insane, and it's just now sinking in 11 years or 10 years later that I actually got the honor of working with them Yeah, and all those incredible yeah. actors. It's just fantastic. It's, it's so cool. And you know what's weird is that when I was working with Jack Black on Jumanji, mm -hmm. I didn't even bring it up. Yeah, we were I mean, we were busy, but like, yeah, it was like, you know we were just sh shooting the breeze between scenes, and I I was like I know we've worked together before, I just can't remember what on the Beastie Boys thing. Yeah, that's also weird. That's an it's, surreal. It's statement. also super cool to me too that they took you know their burst their first huge mainstream hit, and that's the and then decided to revisit it to go. We've grown up. What can we take from this and keep? Yeah. And what can we introduce to a whole new generation yeah. of Beastie Boys fans uh, and introduce us as who we are now, you yeah. know, 20 years later? And they had full control. They directed it themselves. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Amazing. And we did it on the back lot at WB. Yeah. That's even that's cool too. Yeah. Cool story, bro. Cool story, uh, bro. You know they opened up for 1995's uh, tour with a, a, a young indie artist named Madonna. Who's that? The Virgin mm. Tour. They opened for Madonna in 1985. So of course, can you imagine seeing that? I mean, at the time, I'm sure people didn't understand what they were seeing. But like now, in retrospect, can you imagine if you were at that show and you're like, "Oh yeah, I got to see the Beastie Boys open for Madonna once." You know how they got their spots. Uh, begging and pleading I don't know her manager called Def Jam looking for Run DMC to open the <laughs> and Run DMC charged too much so um, Russell Simmons told Madonna's management that uh, their second choice the Fat Boys were unavailable even though Simmons never managed the Fat Boys uh, he volunteered the Beastie Boys for a sum of $500 per week oh my god they spent most of I'm that sorry. time uh, antagonizing Madonna's teenage fanboys with Fan base with racist sophomoric stage hijinks while recording the final tracks of their debut album. Like five hundred dollars a week. Yeah, do you want to know? Not even per show. A <laughs> week for the three of them. Uh, how much oh my was God. money worth? Oh wow! I don't even know what to say to that. Eighty-six. Um, a hundred dollars in nineteen eighty-six is equivalent to the purchasing power of two hundred and forty-nine dollars today. An increase of one hundred and forty nine oh nine over thirty five years. So it was basically a thousand bucks a week. Yeah. Nope. That On would be a giant it would tour. be twelve or thirteen hundred dollars, sorry. Fifteen hundred dollars. Whatever. Still yeah. not enough. <laughs> no, not when she's selling out mega arenas. But it yeah. launched you know, helped launch their career. And I mean that I that was the height of her Madonna dumb. I yeah. mean, every song was a hit back then. Madonna dumb. Madonna dumb. Madonna dumb. Oh man, we haven't even cracked the like the shell no. of the Beastie Boys, and we're fifteen minutes. No, we got to get well, a couple more facts. Well, you know what? Facts. We can we can do a whole nother Beastie Boys. Um, yeah. I feel like we should be able to steal some of their music and play it on our podcast because of the, all the music that they've stolen over the years, or at I least feel like that's fair. Yeah. What What is your favorite um, Beastie Boys song? 
Funky Monkey. Oh, Funky Monkey. Brass Monkey. That Funky Monkey. Brass Monkey. <laughs> you know why? Because I used to drink Brass Monkey in high school and sing that song when I would drink it. God, I think that's stupid. the only reason we drank Brass Monkey. Oh, of course. <laughs> trying to find uh, <clears throat> well i've got one last fact that i'm gonna throw out okay so the cover of licensed ill mm-hmm. has a jet on it a jet wing right and it says the beastie boys on the back of it there's a hidden message oh really there's an easter egg the jet's wing on the cover of licensed ill bears a mark it says three mta three if you read it backwards it says eat me hmm <laughs> So they have like the jet number right here. Yeah, that's hilarious. Little little hidden Beastie Boys humor there. I'm trying to find my um, favorite Beastie Boys song, and I never remember the name of it. And I think it's on Paul's Boutique. Could be on Check Your Head. Cool. <laughs> so. it's, this is not good audio. This is not good audio. It's all no. good. Dead pauses. It's got to be on Check Your Head. Do you know the name of it or I, some of the lyrics? Professor Booty. Oh, of course, yeah, Professor Booty. We used to listen to this, me and my friend Ann, going to lunch every single day in junior high. Or, I mean, junior year of high school. When she I was, was like, you're not that young. I quote from this song on this show a lot. I've never heard heard you quote from this. You know when I go, my voice sounds sweet because it has to? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's coming up. Okay. Drinking up the Shasta, my voice sounds sweet because it has to. There it is. All right. All right. That's Beastie Boys for you, folks. All um, right. Beastie Boys Monday. Thanks what? for all the uh, flags, YouTube. We appreciate that. <laughs> we, just got, we just got banned from YouTube forever. so that Isaac can play the that clip. Pirate yeah. Professor Booty. Professor Booty. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow, folks, for... <coughs> Professor Booty and Cook Puss. Cookie Puss and Professor Booty. <laughs> we should change the name of the podcast. We really should. Season three is coming up. There's an yeah. opportunity to do whatever we want. Mm. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about. Uh, we have to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yep. And we'll get back to you tomorrow. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.